Hey everyone, Andrew here, and welcome to episode 26 of uh, Beyond the Bike Podcast. Hope everyone's doing awesome. And uh, here we are this week, uh, one week left until the Christmas holidays at school. So looking forward to uh, a bit of a break and a recharge and a reset uh, for the Christmas holidays. That'll be fun. So in this week's episode, we're going to look at a couple of things. First off, we're going to look at, are we sleeping enough? And uh, I'm going to share some ideas around sleep and the importance of that. Uh, power zone disclaimer, a little story from uh, this week on the trail, on the training trail. Um, we're going to do three quotes from James Clear's Atomic Habits, chapter 16, how to stick with good habits every day and then a final thought so without any further ado let's dive in all right let's dive into segment number one uh this week i want to talk a bit about sleep and uh i cannot get over the impact of sleep and how important it is uh, as part of our actual training as part of our fitness journey. And, um, you know, when you think of where things are at in uh, 2000, you know, towards the end of 2019 now and, and heading into 2020, you know, we're just such busy people. Everyone's just so busy, you know, running around doing all kinds of things for uh, whether it's on the home front, whether it's, you know, coaching teams or helping with activities with the kids, um, our work. And then all of us trying to fit in a bit of training, you know, with this Peloton stuff. And, you know, when you, you, you add up all of the hours in a day, often, you know, when you look at how many hours are left for that uh, recuperation piece, uh, sometimes we don't place enough importance or plan for it. And I know for me, again, things that I'm learning in my 40s, goodness gracious, I wish I had learned to, you know, learn this stuff earlier, but sleep, I find like you have to put sleep at the same importance as anything else that you're doing. You know, so again, I'm I won't talk about all the other areas areas of my life necessarily, but I'll talk a lot about the training piece. And so, you know, if you think of of the training and, you know, spinning on the bike and some of us are doing other stuff around, you know, uh, resistance training or things on beach body or even just the Peloton app. We, um, we beat our bodies up and our bodies need, uh, the time to, uh, you know, regenerate those, uh, those cells and stuff like that, those muscle cells. So I'll, I'll go through, uh, some, uh, of, I, some of the ideas that I came across in a really cool article in men's health. And so, um, the first part is little I'll just read from it Tom Brady um, aims to be in bed by 8 30 p.m. LeBron James plans his life around getting 10 hours of shut-eye each night um, Justin V the Cy Young winning Houston Astros ace clocks between 10 and 12 hours every night in the past few years the world's premier athletes have discovered a new performance-enhancing supplement for their training regimens. 
and that's sleep. A number of recent and uh, tantalizing studies have suggested that simple restorative sleep can help you think, can help us perform and recover a lot better. It's compelled the world's leading players, you know, often prompted by their team's sleep coaches, believe it or not, we have sleep coaches now, to reprogram their social lives and change their priorities. It's why pro teams practice facilities include nap rooms, so the Red Sox turned an old utility room into one, and the Warriors' uh, new chase center includes individual sleep pods. They are reclining chairs with caps over the top that block out noise and light, but still sleep pods. So again, um, you know the words. The words out. Sleep is crucial. And so, a couple of things I want to talk about here is if we look at how does sleep improve our performance. So there's a couple of big ideas for you guys to consider this week. Um, so again, when we're in that training phase, so when we're, in the, when we're on the bike and we're doing our spinning or whatnot, we are in the midst of, you know, muscle tear, you know, so damaging the, the muscle tissue. And sleep uh, allows for that muscle uh, restoration. So again, it, our bodies require the sleep, um, you know, to restore our muscles and our muscle cells so that they can function uh, at their, you know, optimum level uh, the next day. Then I think about, you know, sometimes when we're training and we're doing a really good power zone ride and, you know, we're focused on technique and we're learning on how to be more effective and efficient on the bike. So during a training session, um, we'll be working that uh, repetition, that piece. So again, while we're awake, that's happening. The actual, you know, if we look at the solidification of becoming better on the bike actually happens in the sleep when the brain actually does the encoding phase of the learning. And so again, when we look at the sleep, the sleep is probably more important in some cases than, um, or as important as the actual training. So the big idea, I guess, for us to consider is if, if we lose sleep, um, then what happens is our neurons start firing more slowly and working together less efficiently. So things like our reaction time, the speed, um, and our focus, they all degrade. And that's, you know, if you think about it, it could be on the bike, but it can also be in, in other areas of our life for sure. So all that to say that the studies point to people who sleep more and not just sleep more, but sleep better, perform better, uh, both in the short and the long term. So sleep is so important. Um, so the second part I wanted to talk about are just kind of like some ideas around how can we sleep, you know, how can we sleep better? So the first, the first idea presented in the article, and I, and I agree with it, is, you know, first off, we've got to cut the bull, you know, kind of thing. So it's getting over this idea, and I, I hear it all the time, you know, whether it's be from family members or colleagues or, or friends or whatnot, you know, people will say sometimes, oh, yeah, you know what, all I need is five hours of sleep. If I get six hours, I'm good to go. 
you know, I kind of used to be a lot like that. And most of it was just being in my thirties, you know, working and, and having a young family where you didn't sleep as much when the kids were younger. Um, and you kind of get used to sleeping less and functioning on less sleep, but we're not necessarily at our best. And so I think that we all have to come to terms with the fact that we can do better on more sleep. Um, then we think about James Clear, uh, the Atomic Habits. He talks a lot about the environment, you know, priming our environment, you know, making it so that, so that you know, everything is playing in our favor. So the second point is think about your room and are there things that you can do in your room or to your room, um, you know, to make it a more um, optimal sleep environment. Um, you know, so again, think around, think of, think of that. One of the things I've started to do, and it makes a lot of sense, is instead of spending a lot of time on my phone before I go to bed, I've actually started a routine. I do just a light foam roll before I go to bed. And that's been awesome, you know? So again, when we think of, you know, you know, the muscles doing that restoration piece overnight and, you know, the cells doing their thing, a lot of it needs to be like, if we think of that, you know, those knots that we have or, you know, just breaking up some, you know, some, um, uh, what am I looking for? Goodness gracious. Scar tissue. Okay. God bless you. So if we look at scar tissue that kind of builds up, um, in some of our muscles and the knots, you know, again, just allowing for a nice, easy foam roll before you go to bed, breaks up some of those knots and, and helps with, um, you know, the healing process. Something else that I found that's been really beneficial, I don't do it all the time, but I find now that, you know, again, there's times during the day, like if it's on a Saturday or Sunday, even sometimes at night during the week, um, you know, you can be tired at the end of the day. And again, when we start to, you know, you kind of start to feel sluggish and you're not at your best and, you know, maybe there's a bit, there's a, an hour or two hour window before you actually have to do something, but you're fatigued. And instead of actually having, you know, another coffee, one of the things that I've started to do is just like little 20 minute naps. And, uh, that's inspired by Nana Hammy. I remember seeing some of her stories and stuff where, um, you know, she'd share just, you know, the, she's a napper, I think there. So um, the naps are awesome. And, uh, you know, you do a little 20 minute and then you wake up and you feel like a million bucks. Um, and again, you're not having another coffee uh, during the day. Um, another piece for us to think about is just, you know, making it consistent. So, you know, starting to th if we think of how much time and importance we put into, you know, our training and other areas of our lives, like, you know, maybe starting to prioritize sleep. I know for myself now, I try to be, um, you know, winding down around 9.45 every night and in bed for 10. And if I'm sleeping from 10 to 5 a.m. when I wake up, that's seven hours. And seven hours seems to be my optimal sleep time. And so if there's things that happen during the week where I can't get to bed by 10, let's say it's 11, I notice that the next day I'm more tired. I'm kind of more sluggish uh, during the day and stuff like that. So I find, you know, again, having that routine, I have the routine for everything else. Um, you know, having it for sleep is also an important piece. And the final thing is, you know, there's going to be nights where you just can't get it in. 
you know, where you're not going to be able to have all of the hours of sleep, um, you know, but again, like anything else, don't allow for maybe missing one night to then compound to, oh, well, you know what, I'll just stay up tomorrow night too, or, you know, I'm not really getting good sleep and you fall into a kind of a negative cycle around your sleep routine. So again, it's kind of like getting back on the saddle and, and just trying to the next day to, to be disciplined about, you know, getting to bed and, and doing your thing. So you know what? This week's podcast, I wanted to talk a bit about sleep. I know for me, it's been, um, you know, I don't, you know, it's been a game changer in the sense that I find now, um, you know, I'll go like, let's say, I, you know, there's a big week of training. I find by the time I get to Thursday or Friday, my body's starting to wear down a bit. But what's helped it a lot is, you know, you know, sometimes going to bed and, and having a bit of that fatigue, but because I'm getting solid sleep, doing a bit of the foam rolling, you know, um, that the next morning when I wake up, I feel my, my legs feel really, really good. And so, you know, com- combining really effective training and smart training with good sleep habits is, is really uh, making this whole journey um, really pleasant and a lot of fun and, and uh, making me, um, you know, like I said, just enjoying the process and the journey kind of thing. So there you go. That's sleep. Think about it. Um, you know, love to hear from uh, you guys on this. At the end of the podcast, I'm going to talk about something that I've set up so that you guys can share. And then if you do, I can share it in the following week on the next podcast there. But, you know, sleep. Are you getting enough sleep? So think about that. So the next uh, thing I want to talk about t- in this podcast was just <laughs> a little thing that happened on a Friday. Um, and it's my power zone disclaimer so um i i would say i'm i still consider myself new you know in in the world of kind of like power zone training i've been pretty much sticking to the endurance rides for the power zone because that's kind of a piece that i'm really focused on on working uh, or developing is just that cardiovascular endurance um and you know what it was it was last friday and I had a great week of training, um, you know, all was good, had a good day at school, came home, and uh, I said to myself, you know what, I could probably squeeze in another little power zone ride, you know, before uh, pizza night kind of thing, you know, just kind of start the weekend off well. And, um, you know, fire up the old bike and, and looking at the screen. And it's really, it's really cool too, to be able to kind of click on that option where you kind of see who's working out and whatnot. And so I click down and I see, Oh, there he is. One late night, man, Mark, uh, is in a power zone ride. And so I look at it and it doesn't say like the crazy power zone ride. It doesn't say power endurance ride. It just says, you know, a power zone ride. So in my head, I'm like, okay, you know what? Might be a little intense, but, uh, you know, I'll just go in and I'm sure it'll, it'll be all good. So I get in this ride. So I join, I join in and holy smokes, I'm in this ride and it's, you know, so the whole, like the gist of it is that it was 37 minutes of the 45 was in zone four. Like it was nuts. It was crazy. Um, and in between uh, I think they were six minute intervals, six or seven minutes in zone four. And again, like that's intense. 
And then I'm thinking, okay, like, you know, after the first one, I'm thinking, okay, it's not too bad. Most likely I'll get like a recovery of some sort. That'll be like three or four, two or three minutes or so. And, um, you know, I get into that first recovery and it's like one minute. So (laughs) all that to say, um, be careful with the power zone (laughs) rides, the ones that don't have like a descriptor to it, because I know for myself, um, moving forward, I think I'm really going to be disciplined about, you know, when I click on one of those that uh, my body's ready and that I'm feeling good and that I'm ready for maybe something that's, you know, moderately intense to something that could be like that, like this crazy 45 minute zone four spin. Um, that was really, really hard. And you know what I have to say last week I talked about, you know, gearing up going to 40% and then, you know, dabbling with 5% more when your body starts to hurt. Um, Oh, I was there quick. And I think I was halfway in and I was getting little tweaks in my muscles. And so all I did was I just got into the zone of the technique. So I was really, really focused on technique and just, you know, good posture, uh, spinning from the hips, um, the core, and you know what? It's what got me through the second half of the ride. So again, taking a bit of my own advice from last week that, you know, sometimes when things get hard, if you just kind of like zone into something other than the pain, don't think about the pain, just think about things that you can control. Um, and it's what got me through. So there you go. Power zone disclaimer. Um, make sure you're ready because you never know what you're going to get. Um, yeah. So there you go. So that's that. So Um, let's now dive into, uh, the next part of the podcast where I talk about, uh, in this podcast, I'm going to do three quotes from James Clear's Atomic Habits for chapter 16, how to stick with good habits every day. All right, let's go. The best way to measure your progress is with a habit tracker. How to keep your habits on track. A habit tracker is a simple way to measure whether you did a habit. The most basic format is to get a calendar and cross off each day you stick with your routine. For example, if you meditate on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, each of those days gets an X. As time rolls by, the calendar becomes a record of your habit streak. Habit tracking is powerful because it leverages multiple laws of behavior change. It simultaneously makes the behavior obvious, attractive, and satisfying. Let's break down each one. All right, so um, in chapter 16, How to Stick with Good Habits Every Day, James Clear talks about the importance of, you know, us having some form of tracking as part of our training. It could be, you know, maybe for some of us, it's, you know, it's our nutrition and we want to be tracking, you know, the the foods that we're eating and, and what we're taking in and, you know, making sure that we're getting all of, you know, the different types of food groups. Um, could be a different type of diet that you're doing and you're tracking, um, you know, the nutrients that uh, align with that diet. But, you know, if I just kind of stick to the bike piece for this that's another thing that I find that Peloton nailed, you know, the beauty of Peloton. When you think of, you know, how this bike, it does it all for us, you know, um, you know, every day when you go in and you click on the screen and you look at, you know, the next, the next ride and you get through the ride. And I, for me, like I'm a, I'm a data junkie, you know, I love looking at the data piece and I find myself even, you know, in the rides, 
You know, I can visualize what I'm doing in the ride and what it's going to look like in the data post ride. And I know for myself, after every ride, I like to go look at, you know, the data piece, you know, and look at how things went in the ride, looking at my heart rate, what zones I were in, um, looking at, you know, as the, the instructors often say, you know, that the beauty of the graphs. You know, I like, I do my best to try to um, paint a beautiful canvas in the ride of, you know, being on point with what I'm supposed to be doing. And again, um, you know, that's just for each ride. But then to be able to go back and look at, you know, sometimes you just look at, okay, so, you know, how have I done this month? And to be able to look at them, you know, that beautiful uh, calendar and seeing all of those highlighted dates of when we were exercising and when we showed up, um, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly. Cause you know what, when you look at a month, you're not always prime. I know for myself every morning, I'm not always 100% motivated, but I know that again, when you're able to kind of look at it from month to month, it just fuels you because you want to keep uh, that momentum going. So, Again, um, you know, for us with Peloton, it's awesome because it kind of, you know, as James Clear talks about in this chapter, like, you know, in some cases it can be hard for us to do it manually. So when you can actually automate it, it makes it even better. And I find that Peloton uh, as part of, you know, the design of the bike and having all those metrics tracked for us is golden. So there you go. Clip one making sure that we're tracking our progress so that it keeps us uh, engaged, it keeps us motivated, and that we're also able to measure and look at our uh, data over time. All right, let's take a look at clip number two. Discussion until now for a simple reason. Many people resist the idea of tracking and measuring. It can feel like a burden because it forces you into two habits, the habit you're trying to build and the habit of tracking it. Counting calories sounds like a hassle when you're already struggling to follow a diet. Writing down every sales call seems tedious when you've got work to do. It feels easier to say, I'll just eat less, or I'll try harder, or I'll remember to do it. People inevitably tell me things like, I have a decision journal, but I wish I used it more. Or, I recorded my workouts for a week, but then quit. I get it, I've been there myself. I once made a food log to track my calories. I managed to do it for one meal and then gave up. Tracking isn't for everyone. Holy smokes. Okay. So I've been there, done that, you know, how many times, and I, again, earlier in the podcast and earlier episodes, I talk a bit about, you know, the journey that I had around, you know, starting and quitting and starting and quitting. And, you know, when we look at the whole idea of, you know, tracking, um, I find like you have to, sometimes you just have to go back to, to basics. And, you know, again, the new year's coming, we're starting to think about things we might want to implement for 2020. Maybe, uh, again, as I shared last week, maybe things stopping, you know, not doing certain things in 2020 that will then enhance your life because we do all kinds of stuff that's not, that doesn't necessarily contribute to our happiness and whatnot. Okay, so now I've sidetracked. I've gone down the rabbit hole. Okay, back, Andrew. Um, so in clip number two, one of the things that I thought about was just keep it super simple. You know, when you're looking at tracking, if it becomes too heavy, again, you know, if we think of if, if there's too much friction around what we're trying to do, it's going to make it easy for us to quit. So maybe keep it simple. Um, you know, don't try to take on too much. 
So maybe uh, when you're thinking of your tracking, so uh, if you're looking at, you know, a specific, you know, maybe your nutrition, maybe you start by just tracking your uh, breakfast every day and you do that for a week or so. And then once you have that down packed then you say, okay, you know what, I'm going to start tracking my breakfast and my lunch. Um, I'm going to add my snacks over time. So again, I think it's just kind of like easing into it. And as you ease into it over time, um, you know, it just becomes a habit and it becomes a lot easier for you to do. And again, what's awesome is that as you gain success with it and you continue to do it and you add one more part of your day, it has like a tumbling effect where I bet you over a month, you're then able to track everything because you're motivated to do it and you're seeing the results um, and the impact of doing it. So again, um, you know, start super easy, start super simple and then add things over time. And um, again, you know, for some of you, uh, there's great apps out there. Think about, you know, if, if it's uh, something else that you're doing that's not related to Peloton, maybe think if there's, uh, you know, leveraging, if you have a, you know, a, a watch of some sort, an Apple watch, maybe starting to look at that and leveraging that piece of technology. Maybe if it's for nutrition, there's some great apps out there to track food intake. Um, so again, in some cases, automating the process can make it super easy for us to do over a period of time. Okay, so that's quote two. Let's dive into the last quote for this week. How to recover quickly when your habits break down. No matter how consistent you are with your habits, it is inevitable that life will interrupt you at some point. Perfection is not possible. Before long, an emergency will pop up. You will get sick or you have to travel for work or your family needs a little more of your time. Whenever this happens to me, I try to remind myself of a simple rule. Never miss twice. If I miss one day, I try to get back into it as quickly as possible. Missing one workout happens, but I'm not going to miss two in a row. Maybe I'll eat an entire pizza, but I'll follow it up with a healthy meal. I can't be perfect, but I can avoid a second lapse. As soon as one streak ends, I get started on the next one. The first mistake is never the one that ruins you. It's the spiral of repeated mistakes that follows. Missing once is an accident. Missing twice is the start of a new habit. This is a distinguishing feature between winners and losers. Anyone can have a bad performance, a bad workout, or a bad day at work. But when successful people fail, they rebound quickly. The breaking of a habit doesn't matter if the reclaiming of it is fast. I think this principle is so important that I'll stick to it even if I can't do a habit as well or as completely as I would like. Too often, we fall into an all-or-nothing cycle with our habits. It ain't that serious, boo. You know what I mean? And I think that that's the key to all this, or one of the important keys to all this is us not taking ourselves too seriously around, you know, some of these new habits that we're trying to implement. Um, it's not going to be perfect. We're going to get setbacks. There's things that are going to happen that are going to make it that, you know what, today I can't do what I had planned to do. But I think that if you're able to just be kind to yourself, you know, you're in some cases able to exercise a bit of patience, you know, um, patience around, you know, all right. So right now I have a kink in my right calf and I'm not able to perform at my best right now. So it's time for me to just be patient and to work the recovery phase and yes, I'd love to be able to do two or three intense rides this week, 
but it's not possible. I did that this past Saturday. I was planning on doing the power zone, the 60 minute power zone ride with, uh, uh, with Mark. And, um, you know what? I, I really pushed way too hard on the Friday night spin. I could sense that things weren't right at the end of the ride. Woke up on Saturday morning, and you know, when I went to bed, I said to myself, you know what? If I feel good in the morning, maybe I'll give her a go. Woke up in the morning, muscles were fatigued. Uh, I could feel a little bit of tension in the ligaments and all that stuff. You know, pains were, like there's the good, like there's sore muscle pain, and then there's that pain, you know? And I just bailed. I just said, you know what? I'm going to be patient. I don't need to do this 60-minute power zone ride today because I want to be able to do this over the long term. So again, um, being patient with ourselves. Try to get back in the saddle as quickly as you can. You know, I, I'm going to kind of disagree with James Clear on this. You know, I don't think it necessarily has to be the next day because sometimes the next day it's not going to happen the next day. Sometimes I need 48 hours to recover. I think it's important to get back in the saddle when everything is right. And I think the key is as quickly as you can. Do you know what I mean? Again, look at your fitness as the, use the stock market approach to your fitness routine. You know what I mean? Like it, there's going to be, there's going to be moments where you're going to peak, you're going to make a lot of progress. And then, you know, there's going to be uh, things that happen maybe where things stagnate. Oops, I get an injury, a bit of a dip. Oh, now I've healed the injury and it's time for a new climb. Oh, got to work on my cardiovascular system. So now it's going to level off. So I find that again, if you can just kind of, you know, be kind to yourself, be patient, you know, try to get back in the saddle as quickly as you can use that stock market approach to your fitness fitness, um, you can have a lot of success, a lot of, you know what I call it? It's long-term success, you know? And the last piece is bad performances are part of the journey. Okay. So again, don't beat yourself up. There's going to be days you get on the bike and you're like, you're feeling like a million bucks and you get that PR. And then there's other days where you wake up and you're tired. It's, you know, 5.30 AM and I'm gearing myself up for 6 AM. I got the coffee going and I'm, you know, thinking about everything I got to do at school that day. And, and, and there's all kinds of stuff going through your head. And the last thing you want to do is get on the bike. And then you get on the bike and you're kind of putzing along and, you know, you're kind of going through the motions and you, the bike, the, the spin ends and you're thinking, ah, oh, you know, that wasn't great. But the win is I showed up, I got it done and, you know, it's all part of it. So again, uh, that's all super important. And I find in James Clear's uh, chapter 16, we look at how to stick with good habits every day. Those are key things. You know, the, the three clips that I shared in this week's podcast, those are things that I think that you just have to have in your mind and have plans and have systems in place to allow for you to be able to do this and sustain it uh, over the long term. Again, during good times, during tough times, and during times where sometimes we just don't have a lot of mo a motivation kind of thing. So there you go. That's this week. Uh, clip one, two, three, done. And... Uh, Let's move into the final thought of the week. All right, let's roll. All right, so here we are, uh, last part of the podcast this week, and I want to start it off. Uh, I wanted to start it off by just thanking all of you guys for listening every week. I'm really grateful for for all of you, and um, 
It's really important for me in 2020, and I've been reflecting on this over the past couple of weeks. I really want to make this um, inclusive and make it interactive and to have a way for you guys to have a bit of a voice and to build a, a community around, uh, you know, the fellow pals that are listening to the podcast. So something that I got started last week is just a new kind of survey form, digital, um, that you can provide me feedback with. And uh, it's right on the kind of the main page of the podcast. And I'm going to include it every week um, so that if you want to just kind of leave a few words, something that, you know, um, that spoke to you, you know, something that you agree with, something that you want to maybe add information to that I could share in the, the following week, week's podcast. That'd be awesome. I also, in 2020, want to um, have a community voice piece. So it could be, uh, I'm going to call it, I think I'm going to call it my one takeaway. And so it's going to be a one minute clip audio that you could record uh, in Insta message. And then what I would do is I would play it in uh, the following week's podcast as kind of part of a segment where, um, you know, our community around the podcast could learn, we could learn from each other, you know, and be inspired by uh, each other. So those are some ideas for uh, the new year around the podcast. So a couple of things to think about for this week. Uh, James Clear has an awesome uh, presence on Twitter. And uh, this was one of the quotes this week that spoke to me. Every skill you have was once unknown to you. The human brain is a learning machine. So it's important for us to stick with it. And uh, you know what? I'm going to remember this when I'm tired, when I'm fatigued when maybe I don't have the motivation to do it or to want to do it. Um, I'm just going to remember that phrase, stick with it. And I uh, hope you guys do too. And then finally, a little quote from my motivational book, one quote a day for 365 days a year. So this one here is, is really good. It's you are rare. Show the world who you are. Be unconventional. Stand up for your individuality. Shine so brightly that you drown out the darkness. By doing so, you give others the permission to do the same. And you give the world the brilliant light it so desperately needs. We do not always realize the impact we have on others. So let's keep being our best. Let's keep shining bright. And uh, you know what? It's like I said, you know, in, a, in an era, in a world where sometimes we think we have to impact, you know, thousands and thousands of people. Sometimes it's, it's awesome to think that, you know what? What I'm doing today, what I said today, how I smiled at someone today, held the door for someone today, it made the difference in just that one person. And they had a better day as a result of, you know, coming into contact with me. So food for thought for this week. So again, God bless all of you. I hope you all have a wonderful week. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday for the next episode of Beyond the Bike podcast. 
And uh, I like to leave you guys every week with, you know, go get it. All right, have an awesome week, guys. Take care.